This is an SBS radio podcast. Settlement Guide. Information, issues and stories about living in Australia. COVID-19 is dramatically disrupting on the lives of close to 97,000 bridging visa holders in Australia who are unable to access the federal government's COVID-19 support schemes. The latest ABS figures reveal that the unemployment rate has risen to 6.2%, though some economists suggest a different calculation method would paint a far bleaker reality. The Refugee Council of Australia, along with its 186 affiliate organisations, is urging the government to provide basic support for vulnerable temporary visa holders, including international students, asylum seekers, temporary migrant workers and refugees. Its CEO is Paul Power. Since the middle of March, tens of thousands have lost the work that they previously had and now have no income at all. And, um, you know, we're aware of the fact that amongst this group, there are probably at least 16,000 children from families that have been left with no form of income. Power says based on the latest government figures, out of the nearly 97,000 bridging visa holders, some 12,000 asylum seekers who originally came by boat in 2012 are still waiting for a final decision on their refugee status, an indicator of their eligibility for government support. The great majority of people who are seeking asylum and on bridging visas have no access to a financial safety net. Most of them were managing to somehow prior to the COVID-19. It's obviously very difficult for people who are on short-term visas which are rolled over on a regular basis to maintain a, a job because you know a lot of employers are concerned about whether or not people have got the right legal status for employment. Ansari Muhammad, Queensland State Manager of Brothers in Need, a non-for-profit organisation formed by community support workers of Islamic faith has partnered with Muslim Charitable Foundation and Muslim Aid Australia to support those unable to make ends meet, many of whom are students and Uber drivers. He says some schools are also helping by waiving fees for struggling families. Usually there's always a wife or a kid that come along when they come to study or they're working here on a bridging visa. A lot of them are Indian families, Pakistani families, people from Bangladesh, South America. Legal Aid New South Wales has experienced a huge surge in demand for their services. Katie Wrigley, a senior solicitor on immigration matters, says bridging visa holders have limited rights due to their migration status. A person can have work rights on their bridging visa or they can have no work rights. It generally depends on their previous immigration history. And if they've got access to work rights, comes access to Medicare if they're waiting on a visa application to be decided. But either way, no one on a bridging visa has access to Centrelink payments. So there's no job seeker, no job keeper, no special benefit, nothing. The federal government is allowing bridging visa holders to access up to $10,000 of their Australian superannuation tax-free in the 2019 to 2020 financial year. Meanwhile, the Department of Home Affairs provides short-term payments through the Status Resolution Support Services for bridging visa e-holders, those recently released from immigration detention or living in the community under residence determination. Power, however, is concerned that many bridging visa holders are unable to access the scheme. The only financial safety net that's available are payments which are lower than any Centrelink benefit through the Status Resolution Support Services, the SRSS, which is administered through the Department of Home Affairs and the department uh, contracts different uh, non-government organisations to run it. But 
the department controls it very, very tightly. And over the last few years, they've actually been excluding people from this SRSS uh, financial support to the point where there's now fewer than 5,000 out of this 96 or 97,000 people seeking asylum who actually have access to any form of assistance through this scheme. Many have no choice but to rely on charity donations. Power says close to 200 support agencies have reported a doubling or tripling of calls for help. Settlement Services International, a community organisation of social business supporting refugees and asylum seekers, predominantly in New South Wales, with operations in Victoria and Queensland, has been inundated with distressed calls for support, according to its general manager, Greg Benson. Through our community outreach services that Settlement Services International provides, we're hearing from people who've held jobs for eight years, paid taxes, suddenly find themselves without access to Australia's social safety net. Power says charities are struggling to keep up with the high demands in particular localities such as Sydney's Auburn, Blacktown, Liverpool and Dandenong in Melbourne where many refugee and asylum seekers are based. But it's actually almost impossible for people to be able to survive just on charity assistance alone when they've got no income at all for food, for rent, for clothing, medical care, electricity and all their basic needs. So this is the great challenge and sadly because the situation is actually getting worse week by week because people who lost work in March each week, any remaining funds that they have are disappearing and it's very much literally a hand-to-mouth existence for people. Settlement Services International, also known as SSI, recently conducted a pulse survey of nearly 500 temporary residents in New South Wales and found that 62% of temporary visa holders who sought its services during COVID-19 indicated they have gone without meals. Our research found that 79% of them have relied on loans and on borrowing money from their friends and other members of their community. And that is proving to be a lifeline for a lot of people to be able to stay in contact with services. Greg Benson says SSI has set up an office distributing food packages to individuals and families from asylum-seeking backgrounds. He encourages the wider community to donate $20 and $50 care packages to help the needy. And, and that relief allows them to be able to make sure that they can feed themselves and clothe their children as we're coming into winter. Katie Wrigley says many bridging visa holders are eager to find out how they can lawfully stay in Australia while unable to return to their native country due to border closures and hefty travel costs. We are representing them in relation to their migration status. What we are assisting them with is to make sure that their case can continue to be processed as expeditiously as possible to try and get an outcome sooner rather than later so that they can move on to eligibility for Centrelink payment. A recent study conducted by the University of New South Wales, Settlement Services International, Red Cross and the University of Melbourne found that people who are on insecure visas experience significantly higher post-traumatic stress disorder and depression symptoms than those with secure visas and were two and a half times more likely to report suicidal intent. Mohammed says Brothers in Need has been receiving referrals from GPs, psychologists and community organisations to support those unable to get by. We don't get them to come to us, we deliver it to their house. We put a pack together, so like rice, sugar, biscuits, flour, all necessary stuff that people use every day in their life. So this pack would be probably worth about $70 to $100. Mohammed is also noticing more mental stress in the individuals and families he supports. Are they more affected? Because on the back of their mind, they don't have work. They lost their job. 
So some people might have got a loan that they're struggling to pay. So there's lots to it. Homelessness is a real threat for many bridging visa holders, with 76% of the SSI survey respondents reporting they could not afford to pay their rent or mortgage on time. Katie Wrigley says some bridging visa holders are forced to live in precarious conditions. There's some creative options, but they're not good ones. They're sleeping on trains, uh, sleeping in cars, relying on charities at the extreme level that we're seeing in terms of clients that traditionally would have been able to support themselves are now without income support. It's very tough at the moment. Australia may have flattened the curve, but Paul Power says the government needs to step up to avoid further catastrophe. We can't leave people in our community with no means of support. This is disastrous from every perspective, um, including disastrous from the perspective of public health. And, you know, what we've seen in other countries, Singapore being the clearest example of a country that thought it had coronavirus under control, but neglected the situation of the poorest migrant workers who were living in crowded circumstances in dormitories. It resulted in a second wave of coronavirus infections, which was larger than the first. The feature titled Life on the Bridging Visa was prepared by Amy Chen Yu Wong and for SBS, I'm Margarita Vasileva. This was an SBS radio podcast. For more Settlement Guide stories, visit sbs.com.au slash radio.